Okay, we're back on KS Reality Talks, interrelated interviews, and this time we have Wendy Osorio with us, and a special co-host, Jimmy Sotfa, is with us also. And Jimmy, I'd like for you to start off, just introduce who you are, where you're from, just a brief introduction. Sure. Hey, Christopher. Hey, Wendy. How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you. All right. Well, I um, live in Anchorage, Alaska. I've been here most of my life. Um, and um, I'm a galactic warrior on the path of truth. And I hope that this interview really brings that out for all the listeners. Excellent. Awesome. All right, and this is this will be the first time that Jimmy's co-hosting with me, and he, we just kind of met through uh, KS. So how did you find the interviews, Jimmy? How did you find KS? Um, let me see. I think I typed in Kelantic Science in YouTube, and your page came up, and I started listening to the first interview, and then all your contact information was right there. It was yes. beautiful. It was like, <laughs> Chris, and then... You're in Colorado, where my mom lives, so it's all good. It's like meant to be. Yes, it is. We've got some projects lined up we're working on together, so that's upcoming. All right, so, so Wendy, you can go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'll go ahead and get started here. Sure, so my name is Wendy, and I, I live in New York, and I'm also a Reiki master teacher, and I have a degree in therapeutic recreation. Um, you know, my, my, I think you and I met maybe two, almost two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Enough. And we came, came across each other, I believe on Facebook, um, as I was going through my awakening process and, um, I've really had a, a, a great journey in, in embracing, you know, that unity, feeling unity with, with universe and everyone on the planet and trying to spread that message. Right. Um, I'm also, you know, uh, a lineage third generation of healers. So my grandfather um, used to be a shaman healer in the Dominican Republic. Um, my grandmother was a very religious woman, so I did grow up in a Catholic home. Um, very different than where I'm sitting today with my spirituality, but it does provide for me a foundation, which I do revert to sometimes to just... Um, kind of ground myself in this in this being. Um, I have a pretty interesting <laughs> uh, background as far as um, you know where I've been and how I came to embrace my spirituality. Do you want me to go into details or just yeah, kind of? <laughs> I, I think like how you laid it out in the bio that you sent me here would be a really good place to like just that flow of it from the Dominican Republic and. The background of your mother and father, and the house okay, and everything—it's an amazing story. It, it really is, and I think you know it's important for me to share. Um, so you know, I, I was actually about uh, three years old when I had gone uh, to live with my grandmother in the Dominican Republic. Um, I was born there, but um, I wasn't until about three years old when my family's house burned. Uh, we used to live in the capital. We had a big fire, and we lost everything. My parents lost everything, and I had two older sisters at the time. And we actually moved back to the country where my grandmother lived in the valley, uh, in central valleys of the Dominican Republic. It's a beautiful place. 
um, right in between the mountains. So we're lucky enough to have the river just three houses down from my grandmother. Um, but of course it was very difficult for my parents to recover from that fire and they decided to immigrate into the U.S. Um, and then we kind of, my sisters and I, we spent some time with my grandmother and really, you know, it was, it was difficult for my parents to be away from us. So eventually we were able to come into the U.S. and my grandmother came along with us. So she did live with me until I was about 18 when she passed away. Um, and she instilled in us a great sense of humility and uh, great compassion. And I think that's where I got a lot of my, you know, my background and my my connection to that divine love and giving and being considerate for other people. Um, it wasn't up until possibly 2008 or so when after I actually had my daughter already. I have two children. Um, I have a son and a daughter, but it wasn't until after my daughter was about four years old um, that I had started to really, you know, get into the the practice of reconnecting with my my foundation in in Catholic belief. Um, of course, went through college and kind of moved away from religious practices. Um, and then started a family, and that pretty quickly took over a lot of time that I, I was trying to build the family and career and finish school at the same time. Um, but it was fascinating to to have a calling or feel a call towards getting reconnected back to spirituality in some form. Um, but I became very, very in, in tune with scripture. Um, so I, I based a lot of my spirituality on the whole Christ consciousness, um, the unconditional love, very forgiving. Um, and the more that I practiced that and tried to live my everyday um, experiences from that heartfelt love for everyone, um, I felt that I became more empathic, more able to tune into other people's emotions and suffering. Um, and very quickly, my dreams kind of started to become uh, very lucid, and I would get, you know, I would have these dreams, and then a couple weeks later or days later, things would happen, and I was sort of getting to the point where I, I said, you know, there's definitely something going on. And it was like um, premonition my, dreams. Yes, they were. They were. Wow. You know, um, I remember my first dream that was kind of indicative that there was something supernatural going on was um, I had a dream where I saw this this airplane um, crash into this sort of field and half the people on the plane hadn't survived and the other half did but I remember specifically seeing on the wing of the plane TWA and the flight number and I woke up that morning and I said I have to look this up this just felt so real mm -hmm. and I absolutely looked it up and there it was it was 1987 um, when that flight number actually crashed it was somewhere in the US I can't remember exactly um, it's in one of my dreams journal but um, you know to come up, come into awareness that I was kind of getting you know, some sort of uh, sense for things that have had happened or were going to happen. Um, it, was, it was shocking, right. you know. And I think for many people, um, the natural 
uh, responses, you brush it off and say, oh, it was just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I trusted my inner voice and, and trusting it more and more, the visions became more, uh, more consistent. I think that's one of the most important things to trust in yourself in, in the process of awakening is to trust those little uh, intuition and, and the guidance that you, you might re- be receiving from the world around you, mm-hmm. not only from your dreams. Um, but, you know, as, I, as my empathy grew, um, I was at that time in 2008, uh, about a year into my recreational therapy career. And I had been working um, in a nursing home in New York City. And I was working as a recreational therapist doing interventions, uh, leisure modalities, and trying to help uh, residents with dementia. Um, They were long-term care, and at times there were some that came in for subacute care. Um, You know, they were in for short rehab. But um, in getting to know a person on a one-to-one level and, and listening to their history and then trying to develop interventions that would cater to the individual, um, really gave me a sense of, of, you know, feeling connected to the person on a very deep, deeper spiritual level. Um, I found also that I was, you know, my, I was very successful with uh, residents who were well into dementia or had some form of psychosis such as schizophrenia um, or paranoia uh, where I had that ability to just make them feel comfortable. We, you know, I was able to build good rapport. And at the moment, I didn't really, you know, account it to my ability to, you know, be in touch with their spirituality. Um, it was more of just feeling compassionate for the person. Um, you know, and then that led me later on into being around many different types of illnesses. And I think that was just fine-tuning my energetic body to recognizing the vibrations of different illnesses and you know now I pull all these things together to do a lot of my healing work Um, it's really been a fascinating journey for me Um, and in the process as well um, going through a divorce because I found that you know one of the most difficult things was to have the people around you accept a, a, a change so drastic you know, from it's kind of like you reorganize all of, of your beliefs, and it was very difficult for my family at at the beginning to be supportive. Um, what, just real quick, what was your your belief at the time of the divorce? What did you have to lean on at that time? So at that time, I actually had had just the notion that um, that I felt I was definitely communing with a higher higher consciousness, um, you know, that's when the medium, the medium work had kind of started to manifest, and, I, and it's a fascinating story how I found out I was a medium, it's kind of quite funny, um, you know, but at that time when I was just going through divorce, I was, for six months, I was dealing with all the hypersensory being activated, um, I was sensitive to light. I was sensitive to to the noises. You know, it was almost on that edge where I couldn't tolerate being around large crowds anymore because I would feel everything so deeply. Um, you know, it's a gift. At the same time, it felt like a curse. At the same time, it was trying to find the healthy balance to ground it into to your everyday life, trying to function. Um, but I think having children and requiring me to have a structure 
really helped to integrate both um, very gradually, I would say, and, and comfortably for me. But at the moment when I did express that, after six months of kind of holding all these hypersensitivities in and fear of not knowing what my family would say, um, I finally came out and shared it, and it was kind of like just dismissed as, you know, you're just going through something. It's just a phase. Um, and I think you shared that you were a medium with them? Right. This is when I shared that I was feeling energy, that I was sensing vibrations yeah. in my palms. Specifically, it was when my palms, um, my palm chakras were probably one of the first things to activate for me okay. energetically. I was going to so ask you, like, your definition of medium, because the first thing that comes to mind is, like, somebody that channels the spirit. I mean, that's always Right, so, you know, for me, medium has progressed from being able to channel spirit to channeling energy. Um, okay. I feel, you know, I feel very strongly universal life force is what I connect to, and I feel that that's what I feel I channel, this unconditionally loving vibration that's able to transmute fear into love um, and, and helps release a lot of that, you know, heavier energy that, that creates the blockages in, in the energetic fields and in the chakras. Um, and, you know, to come into awareness that you are truly sensing this energy, um, it, it was kind of a, you know, it was a great accomplishment. Not that I was intention. I didn't feel that I was intentionally invoking the ability. It just kind of came to me. Well, and I say that it, and being able to anchor it and be grounded at the same time is a feat also. And it sounds so organic in this case with you, like it just kind of flowed in and everything went smoothly with you. You, you were able to yeah, get grounded. Yeah, you know, I think that for many people that you know, I've come across a lot of people going through the awakening process, and I feel that particularly for me, the way that everything kind of developed was very strategic in the fact that I was going to be a healer and that I was going to be helping people with their spirituality. So that, you know, as I went through the process, I felt literally that I would get one gift. I, w I called it gift, but, we're you know, we're all able to do this um, it's not unique to one individual. Once we work on our energetic body, we're able to kind of pull in these abilities, these hypersenses. But for me, I felt, you know, I, I initially was with the dreams and getting uh, premonitions through the dreams um, and insight. And that's actually how I went into then the, the mediumship, trying to find people who were possibly experiencing similar um, similar things, and I I found someone on Twitter um, who actually was the first time I ever heard um, the word mediumship, or, you know, he, he said, I had explained to him the things I was experiencing and sensing, and he said, are you sure you're not a medium? And I said, a medium, like, you know, channeling spirits? Yeah. And he said, of course, you know, give it a try, and he, he set me up with this exercise, and this is the funny part about it. So the exercise goes through um, asking you to sit in a quiet place and calling forward your spirit guides and sensing or trying to listen to um, any change um, and then asking them to step back. So I go into my bedroom. I waited till my kids were out the house and I was home alone. Um, I go into my bedroom 
and I sit quietly in a meditation pose on my bed, and I call my spirit guides forward, and boom, that's when the clear audience kicked in. And when I say clear audience, for me, it sounds like a humming. So I get different pitches sometimes, and of course, into the individual, you once you build and you get the same repetitive sounds or sensations, you know what they mean for you. It's a process that you have to kind of go through as the individual. But when that happened, and then um, I said, can you please step back, and it went dead silent, I started jumping up and down. I thought it was the most exciting thing ever that I was able to actually, (laughs) you know, that I was able to actually talk. Yeah, and that discernment and to feel that for for once in my life that, I wasn't alone, that I had guides helping me through what I was going through, mm. and that I was able to control the, the, the hypersenses. So at, at the time, I had been experiencing this clear audience, but it would just, for me, if it was like it would just turn on. I wasn't sure yet how to call it forward or, or shut it down. Right. And, I, you know, that is, that is one of the most important things that you, you need to do once you start energetically channeling. You have to be in control. That's the grounding <laughs> aspect, you know. That is the grounding yeah. aspect. So I felt that for me, it was, you know, a very, very natural progression. And once I was able to, um, to realize that I had this ability to call forward my guides whenever I needed assistance, um, that that it made it so much easier as I was learning things to call and ask for discernment and that's how I kind of learn which signs what meant what what sounds meant what and gradually the the imagery came in because then the clear cognizant came in so I would get pictures or clear clairvoyance um, and when we speak about clairvoyance there's different levels some you know some people are able to see auras and colors um, I get periodically I'm able to see the colors, but I'm more of a sensorial, so I can feel color if it makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. I can feel what a color feels like. There's different um, moods to colors for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, and, and related to the chakras, mm-hmm. um, crystals were one of the, the things that opened me up to really um, embracing uh, the, the healing energy of crystals and my ability to use them to kind of determine where people had blockages and what chakra. Um, so I would pull out my crystals and I would ask friends. Initially, I would start with friends and I would say, you know, can you pick out some crystals from here and then I'm, I want to read you. Um, and I trusted my intuition and I trusted what the crystals were kind of feeding me. Um, and it's interesting, um, you know, I, I think one of my clairvoyance, um, the ability to actually see the colors of the aura kicked in after doing long extended meditations with crystals. I remember, um, hemoth- I don't know if you're familiar with, with crystals, Christo- Christopher, <clears throat> but I have um, hematite. And uh, hematite is kind of a metallic-y, shiny, grounding crystal. But the inside of the crystal is red. Um, And, of course, at the the time I didn't know that, but I'm sitting in meditation with the crystal, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, but it's radiating red all around. And I started doing a little research, and I found found out that that, the interior of that crystal is really red. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, everybody has... You know, you'll, you'll, you'll get messages from different things. 
Some people are really attuned to crystals, other people are attuned to nature. And that's what led me into my next phase of spirituality is connecting to um, spirit animals, connecting to plant spirit, um, and connecting also to Mother Earth and, and really directing me into the shamanic work that I'm trying to develop now. Um, it's really been fascinating. That, that is fascinating. I wanted to get into more of your history, and you mentioned that your grandmother was Catholic and also a seamstress, and I thought that was yes. kind of interesting. What was that like? I'm sure there's some stories. So, <laughs> absolutely. So my my grandmother um, was an amazing. I mean, everyone who's ever met her said she had the greatest heart. She had the biggest heart, and that was not far from true. Um, she actually had nine children. Um, and she did have one miscarriage, um, so it would have been ten, very big family. Um, and my grandfather, um, was, who was the town herbalist and spiritual healer, um, he had met my grandmother. She was his second wife, so he had more children already from a pre previous marriage. Yeah. And so there was a lot of history there about you know his spiritual quest before he became a healer that a lot of our family, you know, weren't directly exposed to because it had happened much younger, in his much younger years. And my grandmother, being the second wife, um, you know, had come in to, to meet him when he was already a healer. Um, but, you know, she was always very open to sharing uh, about my grandfather and his uh, radiance and how he impacted our, our town and people around us. Um, my grandmother worked very, very hard. If I can remember, my grandmother used, you know, we, we, we grew up in the country, so she had her animals in the backyard and her plants and her gardening. Um, there was always food on the table and extra food because my grandmother said, if you never know when some extra people are going to come by, you want to be able to feed them. Mm. So, you know, she was always very giving, even though we had a, a very large family. Um, she taught all of us pretty much how to cook, including me. So we do have some cooks in the family who went on to open restaurants. Um, you know, wow. and all open restaurants. Yes. Yeah, and who have been able to, yeah, give, give, you know, very freely giving. Um, and mm -hmm. one of my uncles who recently passed away also um, opened up one of the few libraries in, in our town or a bookstore in the town so that, you know, there was the ability um, for people to come in and, and find knowledge. Um, and what, very town? what town was this? So this was uh, Jaravacoa, it's pronounced. But it's it's um, in the central mountain valleys of the Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful place. Was that one up. of the pictures you recently posted with the creek? Absolutely, okay. it is in the, it's in my cover in the that's background. That's going to be a slide that we put up right here at this point or something. The, the creek. That would be that great. Beautiful. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Actually, that's um, one of the rivers. There are the town is actually surrounded by the two rivers that run through mm. uh, the whole country. Wow. So it's kind of they both merge right at the tip of the of the town. Oh, so I mean a lot of water flowing. You know, yeah. I used to walk barefoot right down to the waters, and kind of just admire it. It was just such a beautiful place to grow up in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my my grandmother, like I mentioned, was a Catholic woman, 
um, and she instilled in us going into church every Sunday, um, you know, and, and she, she she did host uh, prayer circles at home. Um, you know, she was our, our main caretaker while my mother worked and my father worked. Um, spiritual you know, mother. Like. A very spiritual woman, and you know she she just had a radiance about her, um, and people always thought you know she she might have not necessarily been aware that she was mediating for people, but in some way she was definitely giving them guidance, spiritual guidance, and and being there for them when they needed it. Mm -hmm. um, I have a question. Yes, sure. This is Jimmy. Um, maybe you could share about like the shamanic side of your family. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's interesting it's, to me. Actually. Yes. It, well, so it's interesting. My grandfather had passed away well before I was born, um, and sometimes I kid around and I tell my mom, "You know, I'm your dad reincarnated," <laughs> and she laughs about it. Um, but I do feel that a lot of my spiritual uh, abilities uh, resonate uh, with a lot of my grandfather's history as far as what I've known or what we know. Um, he did, uh, he was a spiritual man. He did grow up Catholic. Um, but at some point in his, in his life, um, early in his 20s, I believe it was, he had felt a calling to go into to the woods and... Um, he felt that, you know, it was his, his spiritual quest. And there he, he was able to connect with some of the indigenous people on the island. And he was able to learn a lot about the herbal, the herbal properties of, uh, the healing properties of herbs. Um, and he came, I think he said he lasted about six months in the woods. Um, wow. Yeah, six months. Um, I call those survivalists these days. It, it was absolutely survivalist because, in fact, he said that his first wife and family, um, they weren't really aware of where he had gone. So mm -hmm. there's this big mystery. We're not, surely, not entirely sure if it was something that was spiritually guiding him to just take this um, six-month quest. Um, How old was he? It, he was in his 20s. Okay. So he was in his 20s. Um, That's so kind of what the Native Americans do about that age. They send them off to the wilderness kind of thing. So, you know, that's exactly what happened. And he came back really in tune with the earth, in tune with the plant spirits. Um, and as far as I understand, people used to travel from great distances to come see him and, you know, get some of his concoctions. And he was able to cure a lot of things at the time that weren't, weren't, being able to cure. Um, I think he treated a lot of people for herpes. Um, he treated a lot of people for you know, the hat. You know, he would say that, my grandmother would say that he would be able to diagnose people's illnesses by looking at their urine. Um, so it was, just it's looking. fascinating. Yeah, just looking and he was very, very successful and sought after. Um, he did teach um, my my mother is the oldest daughter, um, and my uncles who have both passed away now were the two oldest. So my mother did do a lot of the herbal healings with with my grandfather. She used to help him prepare a lot of it. So 
we were able to gather some of that information. Oh, that's awesome. Um, re yeah, recently. You've got to do a book. Has there been a compilation yeah. of all this? I, mean, I, I think it's a, it's a calling I've been feeling, you yeah. know, definitely. Um, you know, what I found out most interesting was that not only was my grandfather very spiritual, but my grandmother's side of the family was also um, spiritual leaders. So they, they, when the town did not have organized religion, um, and this was before my, my grandmother was born in 1925, um, but before my grandmother's generation, um, when the towns didn't have the organized religion or churches to meet in, uh, the great-grandparents, my great-grandparents used to host vigils at their homes um, and kind of do the, the prayer services for town. So there's definitely a lot of spiritual history in the family and healing wisdom that's been passed along. Um, and I'm still discovering more every day. Um, I think that when I finally, you know, told my family that I was going in this direction and they accepted it and became more supportive, they actually were able to heal themselves. Um, and I say this for everyone who's kind of coming into awaken in an awakening. The more you focus on yourself and you work on giving yourself self-love and opening your heart to that, you're doing a, a healing for the whole soul of the family. You know, not only do you have a soul, but your family's soul gets healed. And this is where the karmic things come in. Right. You know, it, it, you know, we're all doing karmic healing in every lifetime. Um, it's great to become aware of it so that you can bring it in collectively as a family um, and heal the family. I have had the opportunity to really connect with some extended family now who are kind of just going in through the awakening and looking for the information to help them get through it. You know, although we were brought up Catholic, it's it, it's, it has been challenging to kind of, you know, move away from the whole, and I, and I say this respectfully, because we all, you know, have to go through our own spiritual path, but the whole concept of feeling guilt and having a, a wrathful God um, who punishes you when you sin never really resonated with me. I always thought that God was unconditionally loving for that, me. and That's what I was just about to ask you, because you mentioned that there's some rooted understanding about God from the scriptures, and then you go on to explain like the stuff that you didn't resonate with. So which parts do you still resonate like from scripture that... So, you know, I, I usually go back to, and I have to say, you know, I, I, every time I went back and looked at scripture, as I was progressing through my awakening, it's fascinating to look through the whole book of Romans, and specifically the chapters on the life and spirit. It goes on to talk through, through those uh, scriptures about um, the actual loving, unconditional love, and being led by the Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit, um, which for me is really that universal life force, that connectedness to the collective consciousness. Um, in retrospect, as I was looking at it, it served me at whatever level of spirituality that you are, definitely serves you to look into scriptures. You might find that it resonates with you at some level. And then going back to it and looking at it with a different perspective, a higher consciousness, I can still definitely relate to the book of Romans and living the life in spirit. Um, it actually gave me a, a greater confidence in following what I believed I was experiencing, which was the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, it goes on to explain the ability to, to process C, um, you know, and, and trying to explain this, you know, being so connected to scripture and then going through everything um, and feeling really that Christ consciousness and Christ's love guiding me through everything um, was what helped me kind of bring my family to a place where they could relate um, and, and help me also get through what I was going through. I had a, a big transition. I think one of my biggest shifts was about April last year. Come to think of it, it's been a year, almost just about a year, a few days short of a year. They keep getting bigger, it seems. <laughs> the <show>. Yeah. <laughs> Just go on. Where, and it was really, at the same time, Mercury retrograde, which we're going through right now again. Yep. Um, but there had, it was definitely a place where I was triggered. I feel like I was triggered into releasing all of that um, focus on guilt and sin that had been my foundation and realizing the part of the subconscious which was conditioned um, to have that perception and then to go into you know this process where it was a couple I, I want to say it was like a three-week process um, where my dreams were becoming so horrific um, to the point where you know it was it was really I had to ask for help. I had to ask my family to come in and help me for a little while because I was having a little bit of post-traumatic stress going to sleep at night. Um, and, you know, and it kicked my hypersenses with the whole Mercury retrograde. I was kind of like on hyper mode. Post-traumatic um, stress, like from the past stuff? Well, from actually from the, from, the pa from the nightmares. It was the nightmares that were kind of giving me the post-traumatic stress. Okay. So I would go to sleep at night and I would, you know, I would feel, I would see demonic experiences. You know, it was kind of being hijacked, I want to mm. say, during my astral. Um, Going astral where you're not wanting to go yeah. at night. Absolutely, and I would wake up and I would tell my, my sister, I'm not sleeping. She's like, I watched you sleep for seven hours. I was like, no, you don't understand. I said, you don't understand, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm sleeping, I'm perceiving it just as real. It was kind of like my, you know, mm. like if you could envision parallel universes, yeah. it was like I was, you know, my astral body was moved into another parallel. Um, so you're like literally waking up exhausted, like it's affecting your physical body from the astral body stuff. Ex Absolutely, and you know, I, I had to. You, I had to. This was a point in my life where I was kind of like, I know that I'm a hypersensitive, and I know that if I don't address this somehow now, it it can get very ugly very quickly. Um, and so my sister, who is a registered nurse, um, you know, she came in and she kind of guided me through. You might need you might need medication right now to help cut down your neurological. Um, kind of sensory. Yeah, it's chemical, uh, for sure. Yeah, it was a chemical imbalance for certain. And I, you know, and and I say this to everyone, you know, I'm a holistic healer. I believe mm -hmm. in being able to heal yourself. But we have to recognize at a point when we need that extra help. Absolutely. And I felt, and I felt at that point in my life that I needed to ask for that help. You know, I needed, I needed to say, yes, I think that I need this intervention right now. Um, and t to be honest, I took the medication for three days, and I was done with it. Yeah. I needed something. To <laughs> I needed something to ground me enough to cut that kind of hypersensory. 
You can almost um, like train yourself. You can see what the drug's doing and like, oh, okay, there's oh, the pathway. Oh, absolutely. I felt that it was absolutely cutting me, cutting my connection to my divine higher self, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to a degree where it wasn't going to serve me. So as soon as I cut the, you know, I took the medication for like three days, I was mm -hmm. able to sleep um, and, and get helped. some rest and recover yeah. physically. And then I used the interventions that I know very, I have a ladybug visiting me and it keeps flying on my oh, face. Wow. You see ladybug. that? That's awesome. Yeah, they're good. They're good luck. <laughs> it just like manifested in the air right there. I, I did. Can I show that you? That is awesome. Nice. They're from another Hey, that's country. a spirit. Spirit yes, guides. It is. Yes. yes, it is. So thank you <laughs> for the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, realizing that medication was not the solution for me, I very quickly used the interventions that I knew so well. You know, I went in, I did, I did Reiki healing, I did cold laser therapy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, no. but it's a, cold laser therapy is all vibrational frequencies being fed by a very low infrared light. Um, so, uh, Erconia Medical um, has this, this, you know, laser therapy where they've done extensive research on each single part of the body and illnesses and what the healthy vibrational frequency is. And, you know, you can program the laser to, to uh, you know, to help you with anything, really, with any ailment. But at that moment, I needed a lot of love. You know, I felt like that I needed to nurture myself. Um, because at the same time, it was the stress of going through the divorce, finalizing, um, taking care of the children, and, and balancing everything at once, the spiritual, the spiritual shift, and really coming into a place of self-awareness and awakening um, to move on to the next phase and, and understanding that I was more than just uh, than Wendy, you know, that I have a higher purpose and that, you know, my experiences were a gift to humanity. So, you know, I feel very strongly that that experience that I went through last year has enabled me to help so many people already. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. Right. You, um, you said that you became actively aware that you're, of your awakening in 2012. Is that what? Right. Was that the right. same so, time that you were just describing earlier? Or was that earlier? No, no, that that was earlier. So in okay. twenty twelve, in twenty twelve, um, my was and I and I have to say I have to share this. I, I feel very strongly that when women are carrying children, definitely the their vibration is much higher um, because that was about the a year after I had my son. And through the whole the whole time that I you know that I had just had my son and and I definitely felt a shift and I and I remember journaling I have you know I have extensive journals I journaled a lot um, but I remember going back into my journals and seeing that I was describing feeling different not sure what it is but I feel like I can you know connect to the world in a different way I feel very empathic very in tune to everybody's emotions. Um, I think that was my when I first started to really sense that there was a shift happening. Um, not very aware of what it was, but recognizing that definitely something spiritually was happening with me and changing. Um, you know, and then and then I, I went on to realizing through the dreams and and the precognition 
that the, the sensitivities were just evolving and developing and started to do a lot of research. Um, there's, there was this one particular book that helped me really understand, and it's When the Soul Awakens. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I can pull up um, Nancy. I want to give you the right name, so I'm going to pull it up real quick. Sounds familiar. Yeah, when the when the soul awakens, um, it really goes through connecting um, ancient wisdom, um, ancient wisdom with newer experiences, and uh, the whole process of awakening and the the age of awakening. So let me just pull that up for you. Um, and you said this happened while you were pregnant. So were you able? Were you tuned into the soul, the incoming soul that was coming through? What was that like? Absolutely, and you know, I—I I mean, absolutely. I feel like um, I definitely felt. I while I didn't want to know what the gender of the baby was through the whole pregnancy, I wanted it to be a surprise. I definitely knew that it was a boy. Um, you know, I, I felt that I felt it was a very different connection than with my daughter. Definitely a different vibration is what I, I was yeah. feeling. Um, and he's very empathic. I really feel that, you know, ch children as they're being born, they're really becoming more, more con they're coming in with a higher yeah. consciousness. Right. And I think they, they they're boosting. this little body. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're boosting our, you know, in turn, as we're carrying these, this generation, they're boosting our consciousness, like oh, collectively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's really a wonderful experience. Witnessing that myself, for sure. Um, and I remember my son also was serving as a spirit guide for me, sort of, mm. um, an incarnated spirit guide because um, as I was going through perceiving things, he would also give me affirmations where he could, he was possibly telepathically connecting to my thoughts. Right. Um, you know, for example, I would be thinking, I wonder if he wants peanut butter jelly at, or a grilled cheese, and he would say, I want peanut butter jelly. You know, it's kind of those things, and I would totally freak out. <laughs> right. But realizing that he was just very in tune. That loud, uh, like you could hear it that clear and everything. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. But, you know, that was another thing, coming into the ability of of being able to pick up telepathically what people were were thinking and not not intentionally doing it, but yeah. realizing that you're doing it and people saying, you know, I had people sometimes tell me, can you get out of my head? And I would say I'm not intentionally in, you know, trying to invade your, your thoughts. I, you know, I guess I'm just perceiving them. But all in good, loving, fun, you know, not that I was um, kind of saying the things people don't want to show. <laughs> well, there's so many people in this group in particular in KS that kind of have a problem with that, like with grounding and like over-project, over-empath type stuff, you know. So. You know, it's so important to be able to pull in your 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 energetic field um, and, I, and I'm going to go into a little bit more detail yes. about that but I want to give you the, the the title of the book When the Soul Awakens and it, it, it has a subtitle The Path to Spiritual Evolution in a New Era by Nancy Cypher yeah by Nancy Cypher and Martin Vueg Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely put a link up in the description for that. Yeah, it, you know, it's um, it was after the last World War. They had it goes in to tell you about uh, Ascended Master Dujual Kahul, um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that name, uh -uh. but he's a, a 
ascended master from the east. Um, he was a master of wisdom, ancient wisdom, a lot of uh, Tibetan um, history, and um, he, was he emphasized from, this, from Tibet. Yeah, he okay. yes, he was, and he emphasized the three three realities in particular. Um, first was the existence of the soul, the higher self. Um, and then, which in sense upon awakening would be inseparable from your connection to the planet, so the higher consciousness of the planet, and being able to perceive that, and then being able to perceive the divine evolution of Earth and working um, with your 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 personal higher self and the Earth's um, higher self in mm. trying to connect the two and in, into this evolution. The Earth's higher self. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, channeling also for healing the planet. Um, you know, and sometimes I feel a calling to be outdoors and just practice Reiki within myself and become the channel and conduit for that earth healing. Um, and then my, my shamanic interest, you know, that's where I kind of went to the full understanding of that. You know, there is no good or bad. I don't have that perception anymore of seeing something as, you know, bad or good. I feel that everything has its purpose mm -hmm. um, in bringing light out of darkness. And, you know, you cannot have one without the other. Um, so there is goodness and evil, and that's now, really what... Real quick, you, know, you said that you can't have one without the other, but do you believe in a spectrum or maybe a paradigm that does have one without the other, that is like all light without the darkness that we see here? What, what are your I thoughts mean, on that? I feel Ascension, that, you know, I, guess. I feel that definitely, you know, dimensionally, the, the different dimensions um, do hold um, certain light frequency. I feel that there is a higher, you know, source that is light. Um, but I also feel that the, the darkness is kind of that primordial um, fluid, if you want to, you know, lack of a better word, but what it kind of feels like is this primordial fluid. If you can envision the amniotic fluid of, of where you're carrying a child, um, it, that's kind of like where the darkness, where I personally perceive that the darkness um, manifests. So the, the collective consciousness, we have this primordial darkness um, that manifests our thoughts. Um, not necessarily that it's evil, but if we have negative thoughts, we're, we're creating negative experiences. Um, so, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't like to call it good or bad, but I do believe that there is darkness and there is light. Um, and I feel very comfortable being in both places at this point um, because I do feel that I'm able to hold a, a resonance um, with a higher light or a brighter light um, and bring that wherever darkness is. Where do you think that we're all going, like with this whole New Age Ascension thing and all this? What, are your, what do you see? So, you know, I'm perceiving and what I'm hoping in my heart is that we're coming to a place where we can all unite um, and let go of all these fear-based um, fear-based projections. Uh, I, I hope that humanity will come to a place where we see each other's 
real state of being, which is a spiritual um, spiritual group upon awakening and realizing that we are all condi- or we all have the ability to bring light and love forward. Um, it's a grand design that we don't you know necessarily are aware of in this uh, physical body, but that when you connect to your higher self, you get a piece of it and you're able to bring that piece here into this reality. Um, my hope is that it'll, you know, it'll happen. And I have a feeling that it's, ha- it's really kind of picking up pace. Um, so many more people are opening up to the idea of embracing spirituality and, you know, being more considerate of, of each other. Um, it's really a blessing and a gift to join those forces together and bring that, you know, un- unconditional love into this reality. You mentioned that you were in Reiki, and I do want to bring in some of the chaos parallel to this. What, how far Absolutely. have you gone into chaos, and are you familiar with, so, like, in Cathara about the mention of Reiki and the Maharic frequency and everything? Well, so I, I do practice the Maharic uh, shield meditation. It's similar to, you know, as I was getting into Reiki, um, I feel like Reiki found me. Um, as you know, when things align, they kind of guide you to that direction. So my guides were very um, instrumental in guiding me towards Reiki, um, possibly because at the moment when I was practicing, you know, what I was feeling, that divine love and, and awareness of a higher higher power, um, Reiki sat in very, very comfortably with me, and it resonated deeply with what I felt I was perceiving at the time. Um, and, you know, it's all about connecting to the chakras, which I am very uh, confident in and, and truly passionate and believe in the, the centers, the energy centers in the body and how when they're not, you know, when there are blockages, it does create physical illness within the body. Um, and so I don't have much experience with the KS, um, other than using the Maharic shield. I think that was um, like the two years ago when we first met, like you came in through chaos somehow, and that's like right when you were coming into it. Into Reiki, right? I had just come into understanding Reiki, and pra- and I think I had taken level one and, and possibly about to take on level two. Um, but I knew very quickly even when receiving. So as, you, as you're going through Reiki, um, you're receiving an attunement, a Reiki attunement where your energy system or your chakras are being activated and opened up to receiving higher vibrational frequencies from the higher dimensions. Um, so, you know, the, there is a, the same concept of connecting to that higher power um, and channeling into the, the body and also channeling it to the world around you um, and serving really as a medium for bringing in that healing light. How, I, how does know. KS fit with that? How do you see that? Like you do the Maharic Shield, do you feel the frequency? Like when you pull out the shield? Or uh, what is well, I, I definitely do. I do find that the Maharic Shield, um, I like using it specifically if I'm feeling drained. Um, and I don't like to say, you know, like I, I practice Reiki every day. I see clients on a daily basis pretty much. Um, and, you know, while it doesn't really require much of my energy because you're channeling that energy, 
um, by the time I'm done with house cleaning, uh, work, and then running around kids and doing healings, I need that kind of extra, you know, energy to kind of feel ready for the next day. So I just, it does give me a boost. Wow. It really okay. does. Especially, you know, I feel like once I connect to the Earth Star Chakra, um, and I bring up that that energy straight up through the chakras and then high above. I, you know, I just feel that connection from the center of the universe, refilling, recharging, and shielding me, which is something that I I wanted to kind of touch base on real quick. Yeah. Um, the importance of being able to shield yourself on a regular basis. Uh, you don't necessarily are, you know, we walk around every day being exposed to different kind of electromagnetic fields from geopathic stressors and electronic devices. And when you're hypersensitive, you don't necessarily are, you know, you're not aware that you're being affected and that your energetic body is being um, affected by the electromagneticism around you. Um, so it's such a, a great practice to just do on a regular basis, like, you know, right before you go to bed or when you wake up, to shield yourself, to bring in that extra force to help guide you and protect you and your energy field. Um, I don't know if you have any practice or, or experiences yourself, but I, I feel that when I pull in that Earth Star Chakra back up into my system, I definitely feel like gravity I feel the sense of gravity kind of pulling things out of my energetic field and my aura, kind of pulling away anything that's denser. I haven't so done it awesome. in a while. You know, the, the group has, she's doing an entirely new set of teachings now that, have to, that are all oriented around this plasma thing. So I'm, the, I'm kind Yeah, of liquid pla the liquid plasma. I mean, it yeah. definitely has a different sensation than when I channel Reiki. I, you know, when I channel Reiki, I feel a lot of divine light coming in from the crown chakra. And when I'm doing the Maharic shield, I feel reinforced from both ends, from the earth and higher up. You feel so positive with it. I do, yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fascinating feeling. And, you know, I haven't worked up to the range where I'm feeling it for three hours or so. I'm more of like right. I, I feel it for about an hour's range. And that's good enough for me right before I get to bed. Um, but it's something that I want to work more on and developing so that I can sustain it for longer periods. I'm really fascinated also to see how how much more aware I can become um, in my in my ability to to channel things and and you know tune into the energy of the planet. Have you studied like the spirit body anatomy stuff, like all the densities and the dimensions and your stations of identity on that? So I haven't, I have not, yeah. but I'm definitely, you know, I've done, I've done some, so I do a lot of also work with the angels, um, and I do a lot of 10 dimensional kind of channeling where I feel Christ, Christ consciousness comes in. So, you know, particularly for the kind of healings I do, it's, um, it was interesting to receive through mediumship. Um, what I felt was my divine calling and was to help activate um, and heal as many crown chakras as possible. So, I have a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt. Here's a question. I always go to the how. You know, we, we listen to people, and I'm a pretty voracious researcher, YouTube listener, and I f I'm really feeling into your, you know, I try to feel into what I'm hearing. and. Yeah. I always, one of the things when 
Chris and I are going to do some radio shows together. I'm always about how. So I'm listening. I've just landed here by accident, right? And I'm listening to you for the first time, and I'm totally enchanted with your words. But my my question for like a newcomer would be, well, how do we do this? You know, it's all great and wonderful to feel and whatever, you know. I should definitely talk about, you know, what I, I did skip over and I feel like I should definitely cover is how my body um, vibrationally had to kind of go through a whole cleansing. Um, so after I gave birth to my son, um, I did go into the path of, you know, eating cleaner and eating more uh, veggies. I kind of moved away from eating meat. Um, I am an O positive, and I do feel strongly that when I don't eat meat, every now and then I feel like I needed to ground myself. Yeah. Um, but I feel that detoxing the body by feeding your body higher vibrational foods um, was kind of like one of the biggest and most important basic things to do on a reg regular basis, not just to start kind of awakening your abilities, um, but to sustain them, uh, definitely we have to feed ourselves organic food. You know, I'm on a um, just organic diet, and my diet consists mostly of veggies and leafy greens. Um, and I, water? I actually have, I've moved past distilled water. Um, I'm doing pH balanced water. So, you know, I try to get pH water that's, kind of resonating with me now. Um, I, I feel like I've moved away from Poland Spring and bottled water. Um, I do have well water at home, and I, nice. I, I, it's amazing. It's great to have well water. Yeah. You know, I find I get all my minerals from We there. had it for a while up in the mountains. It's really nice. It really is. Um, but I, I feel right now that the easiest thing for me to go to when I'm on the run is grabbing a pH balanced water. So pH 9. I usually get it from Trader Joe's. I love that place. <laughs> so did you so what's pH oh, balanced water? How does that... That's just special water then? So is it alkaline? Yeah, it's the alkalinity. It's the alkalinity. And then you have the ability to, you know, make your water alkaline by adding lemon to it. Right. Um, and the ion, you know, so yeah. that's right. That's so that's a basic way of you know just getting alkaline water into you. Um, but I feel that water has got to be my number one thing, especially once you're in that higher vibrational um, and you're channeling that energy. I feel like if I don't have water, I get headaches. You know, and I have a lot of people who are kind of coming into their awakening and are experiencing these headaches and not really sure what to do with them and shy away from kind of pursuing the awakening process because they can't deal with the physical limitations. Um, and it's so important to, you know, nurture the physical body as well as the spiritual body. Um, you can't really, you know, have a healthy balance unless you take care of the whole well-being, the mind, body, spirit. You know, and that's something that I preach regularly. You need to kind of focus on staying grounded, nurturing the physical body, and, you know, all, the rest will fall into place with spirituality and the heart-mind, um, the heart-mind and the, the mind itself. I, I talk a lot about um, the connection of the heart to the mind more than the mind to the heart. Um, because if you, if you know, um, 
anatomy, there are more neurological connections from the heart to the mind than the mind to the heart. Right. So I always say, follow your heart. It's so true. <laughs> Very. Saves a lot of time, too. <laughs> I, so, you know, that's, that's one way of how, how to channel. Meditation is the other key factor here. Um, you know, when you can train your mind um, to sit in that, that, those deeper thought process vibrations on a regular basis, everything around you just becomes more peaceful and you're able to process things from a higher perspective, you know, where you're not so centered on the ego mind. If you can pull yourself away from your ego self and every perspective and every situation that you're encountering, and you really take the moment to separate your, your ego self from your higher self, you have the ability to not take on personally your emotions. And you start to recognize that emotions are an experience. They are not who you are. They don't define you. And when you can make that differentiation, you kind of empower yourself to welcome in more positive emotions or to recognize when you're, you know, going into that process of, I'm, you know, not, I'm back in the same negative thought patterns. Now I can differentiate that those are not, I am not the bad negative thought patterns. I'm my higher self, and I can actually redirect my thoughts at this point. And that's how we train the mind to kind of sit in that higher frequency, higher resonance. Like Did that balance. answer? Okay. I'm sorry, did, did that kind of answer your question? Yes, of course. Thank you. You're very welcome. So did it start with the diet and then the lifestyle change? Just kind of... You know, I, I, absolutely. I think that the, you know, it, I feel for me that there were multiple levels of things happening at the same time. Um, of course, I really believe that after having my son and going through the pregnancy and changing my diet for the pregnancy itself um, put me into a different higher you know consciousness where I was more conscious of my body's needs um, and then after giving birth of course trying to get back into shape um, and really recognizing that my body was responding better I was resting better I felt more energy um, more kind of vitality throughout the day when I was eating healthier and it just stuck it stuck at, and you know and I, I didn't go back to to welcoming the, you know, the kind of heavier foods. I actually, my body started to reject that. Um, and more specifically and more kind of um, strongly after I received my Reiki attunement. I remember the first couple of days after receiving Reiki, my Reiki attunement, I couldn't tolerate coffee at all. It was like drinking a cup of salt water. Um, from one night to the next to experience that was kind of shocking. Um, but that does happen in the process of when you're, you're, you're realigned and attuned to your higher self, um, where your body will start to make the changes necessary so that you can welcome in those higher frequencies. Um, so, you know, something like getting energy healing can really help condition your body to getting into that uh, alignment you mentioned your spirit guides. Who do you see your spirit guides as? Because you, so, so I definitely, through going through other mediums too, um, several mediums have 
confirm that my grandmother is one of my guides. I'm not surprised, you know, she did, you know, she was an integral part of my spirituality. Um, and I'm wearing her ring, which she actually gave to me on the day that she passed. It's like a, you know, it's a cross with Christ on it. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, she's one of my guides, but also, you know, I, I have felt the presence of a divine feminine, um, divine feminine, divine masculine. I don't go into really saying um, that, you know, I, I do feel like ascended masters come in, but, gra you know, as you're going through, and this is important for anyone who's going through the transition where they're trying to connect to their guides, do not limit yourself to believing that you have one specific guide. You know, guides come in and out of your your soul path, uh, depending on what spiritual lessons you are going through. So sometimes I do feel angelic presence um, around me, and and it feels a, it's a very different feeling. Um, and I was talking about this at my workshop last night. We had healing with the angels workshop at one of the places I work at. Um, and I was letting everyone know that you cannot limit yourself um, to just perceiving that you have one specific guide or that you're only connecting to one ascended master like Jesus or Buddha. Um, you know, there are instances where different guides will come in to help you according to what you're going through. Um, for me, I've, had, I've also had the ability um, to perceive or receive information for them, what I sense are higher illumined beings. Um, which are kind of watching over humanity. Um, as the messages kind of come in and get channeled, it's a lot of, of bringing awareness to karmic healing happening in the planet um, and things that are going on that are affecting the collective consciousness. Um, you know, and, and they definitely, you know, as I can visually perceive them, they, they look different. Um, they have more of a resonance to them that is silver metallic um, and they don't really materialize but there is some energetic vibration that kind of comes with that um, as far as when I feel like I'm, I'm getting guidance from the angels there is a, a resonance which I feel happens in the higher heart chakra where I feel the activation and the somehow I'm being let known that this is angelic realm communicating because I feel it here in the higher heart chakra. But that might be very specific to me. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that other people can perceive very differently where they might feel an activation in the ears. Um, occasionally, um, you know, that I do sense different, different beings come in and, and give guidance. Um, I've had the ability to help um, people who are also... I would say probably more hypersensory than me, where their their abilities are heightened, um, and they have different guides. They their guides do feel different. They don't feel like um, they don't feel like angels, or they don't feel like uh, ascended masters. There's a different vibration, um, and you know, Jimmy, maybe if you're if you're able to chime in, you were talking about channeling different. Um, entities or being cautious about what we're channeling. I might have left the mic for a little bit here. I did want to okay. ask you about higher self and where where do you see the defining areas of, of the higher self come in uh, 
as, alongside like these ascended masters or the angels or these guides? So the higher self to me is an eminence from source consciousness. I do feel that there is one uh, higher consciousness that is in divine love and guidance uh, collectively in all that exists, creation itself. Um, so when I talk about higher self, I really feel it's that that part of me or the individual that is connected to that higher consciousness. You know, we emanate from this higher consciousness of unconditional love. Um, and that's kind of how I perceive it myself. Um, again, I'm, I'm still developing and evolving and recognizing and, and tuning into uh, what I feel is a higher consciousness that is focused on bringing everyone to the awareness that there are very loving beings um, and they're capable of bringing that love forward because that is their source, you know, this unconditional love. I resonate with that, absolutely. So you mentioned Can you imagine what it's okay. like to be a star being and be as big as the whole solar system. <laughs> We're in these little soul shards down here going, help us, help us, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, I'm glad they're helping. <laughs> yeah, really. Aren't we? Um, I really feel that this is an amazing time for humanity. Um, you know, we have to also learn to get into the place of acceptance, accepting that we are going to have hardships, that we're going to experience pain and suffering, that we cannot, you know, um, you know, as we move forward as healers, a lot of people sometimes expect you to be okay all the time. And I have to remind myself as well as others, no, I'm still human and I'm still learning lessons and I still have to go through pain and suffering, um, which is necessary for the soul evolution. So, you know, learn to embrace darkness with a different perspective and understanding the need for it. Um, the need is that it's going to help you find your inner strength and reconnect you to that divine love within you um, in pursuit of your happiness and bringing light into the places where you might not necessarily feel light exists. You know, I, I, I remember um, a very loved a resident of mine telling me long ago, and this resonated with me, and it, it wouldn't, of course, make sense then, but today it does. She said, you know, everyone has a light within them. It doesn't matter how dim the light is, but the light is there, and all you have to do is focus on that dim light to help it grow, to nurture it, and to become, to allow it to become brighter. Um, and that's the path that I'm on now and recognizing and then teaching everyone that you have that inner light within you and you have the ability to connect to that light within you and radiate it throughout yourself to others and to the higher consciousness and collective. That's a really good meditation, like even the visualization of the, like the light and the darkness and then just visualizing it growing brighter, you know. Growing brighter and extending, yeah, extending within and around you. You know, it's a it's a matter of connecting. We're all connected. Um, that light within 
each one of us is the same light. So the light within me is the light within you. You mentioned releasing conditioned guilt and organized religion uh, foundation that you were in, and also the concept of necromancy, so it, which is the worship of the dead. Maybe you could go into right. that. Like, what is what's the history with that in the past? So, so you know what? As far as um, the mediumship goes, that was where I struggled with my conditioned uh, beliefs of. Um, talking to the dead or mediating, you know, with the dead was something that you sh that was evil and you should not do. Um, you know, as far as I remember getting a lot of um, feedback from the organized religion or the community saying, you know, you need to leave the dead and at peace and stop calling them forward. Yeah. And I wanted to remind them and 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 instruct to them. I never call them forward. You know, they come. Um, it's kind of like that, that whole concept of, you know, I'm here serving as a channel. Um, and I, every time I open up that, that channel for communication, I ask for protection. I ask for guidance. I ask for unconditional loving light to come forward. Um, that, you know, that I be of service for the highest good of the individual. So very comfortably I sit with communing with spirit. Um, because I feel that it comes from a place of unconditional love. Um, and my intention is always to bring that love forward. And if connecting someone to a past loved one is going to give them the comfort and reassurance that they need to kind of continue moving forward in, in, in a positive way in their life, then why not? You know, I don't see it worshiping as something of, of worshiping the dead. And unfortunately, um, that's what most psychic, intuitive um are kind of facing um, when you when you go into a place where you're um, trying to connect to people who are still in organized religion um, and trying to explain to them how you're you're you know you're a medium um, but you're well aware of what you're mediating it's in and you know I, I'm, I'm sometimes on the fence if I want to go into uh, kind of explaining the way that I I mediate. Um, you know, breaking down the whole process of me protecting the space, calling in ascended master, you know, right. calling in guides, calling in, you know, it's a, it's a process that you don't just start opening the door to everything that wants to come through. Um, you know, I, I do, I do know and understand that discernment is, is a kind of a responsibility um, that, that you have to take with this kind of work. Um, Has this been a regular thing? Like, have you been able to do this with people and tap into, I mean, even... So I, um, I have been able to mediate, um, I want to say, for three years now, for about three years. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily know that I was mediating um, until I, I came across that young, that man that I was um, kind of talking about earlier on Twitter, and he gave me the whole um, guidance of going through calling in your guides and then calling them back. And he asked at that moment when I said, I'm a mediator, you know, I got back and told him, oh, my God, I'm a mediator. Um, he said, well, can you do me a favor? Right now, my biological mother is passing away. Is there a way that you can mediate so that I can come to terms with her passing and make peace with it? Um, 
and it was my first experience and I, I was so afraid of, of letting him down and you know he felt so confident in my ability um, I had to kind of sit and you know prepare myself and ask from the heart you know the first thing I did was ask my guides to connect me to the this woman's guides um, to serve as a mediator and ask for that permission, which is something I, I regularly do before I even channel for someone. You know, I ask their guides for permission to commune. Um, you know, and and once I felt that that connection was open, I just said, I simply said a prayer, um, and I felt in my heart it was more of a feeling. I didn't hear anything. Um, it was more of a feeling of a message of of unconditional love and that, you know, she always loved him and that he would be fine. Um, and he, you know, I didn't hear from this person after that for about nine days, so I was kind of worried at the time that I didn't, you know, come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, you know, you have no idea what you did for me. I have come to such great peace with it. Um and he said, and I and I didn't get back to you for nine days because we were, you know, he had a similar practice where in the Catholic religion we hold nine days of prayers um, after a, a loved one has passed. Um, so he had gone through those nine days, and you know, it was amazing to to hear back finally from him. And still today we're great friends. And he says, you changed my life. Um, so I can't, you know, I can't look at what I do. Um, the mediumship part as something that's the worshiping of dead or something evil when so much goodness comes out of it. Right. And then going back into kind of, you know, moving away from the concept of organized religion because there was such a duality there where, you know, you see God outside of yourself and I obviously I'm channeling God within me, around me, um, I couldn't no longer relate to that. And while I respectfully understand that there is a need uh, for certain people to experience that um, that side of spirituality, um, it no longer resonated with me, and I had to really move away from it and honor my sensitivities and, and that I had come here to do the work of being a messenger. Um, and that's how I see myself today. Right. I see that. What are your thoughts with that? Like after a soul crosses over and goes into the light and everything, what do you, what do you? So I, I have, you know, I have gone through um, New Age workshops and done some some studies on this um, because a lot of times I'm being called forward to people's homes to help clear the energy, um, and I do come across, um, you know, spirits that just as much need healing, um, just as us living. Um, spirits that have crossed over or have attempted to cross over and, you know, if they had a a traumatic death experience or there was a lot of pain and suffering, that energetic imprint stays in in the area and it stays there and it it creates kind of this, I want to call it a vortex um, where the energy stays stagnant and sometimes before you can help that soul transition, um, you have to bring in the same healing light that you're channeling for the living Reiki um, and, and using light forces to open up those channels for assisting souls to cross into their their place, their next place. Um, of course, respectfully, we all have different, you know, I think we all have different soul paths. We Once we pass, 
um, I don't necessarily feel that we are limited to being in another dimension and just staying within that dimension. I do feel that some of us reincarnate, some of us go on to other, you know, other forms of living or being. It's kind of unique um, to the soul and what they're changing. Right, absolutely, and, and what your experiences have been. Um, so I, I honor, you know, I, I'm such an open-minded person at this point because of all the different experiences I've come across and all the different um, people that I've been able to, to kind of connect with. Um, it's a beautiful thing to honor the, indi the individuality of spirituality. Um, you know, and embrace it and, and just be open to receiving the wisdom that comes with each person's experience. Um, not to mention, you know, when I had started my Reiki practice, um, my, my Reiki master teacher mentioned past lives to me, and that was the first time I ever heard about past lives being, you know, brought up Catholic and oh. not... Right, yeah, not, you know, not aware with the whole concept of reincarnation. Um, and then all all of it kind of making sense why I had this lingering pain in my hip that had no explanation. Um, and then eventually finding out through a medium that it had been from a previous life okay. um, injury. You know, so then as a healer also learning how to fine-tune to that, um, awareness uh, when you're receiving that vibration that has to do with past life healing. Like cellular um, memory stuff. Absolutely. The cellular memory came into play and, you know, once I did my mastership, it was kind of like right there um, for me. Um, it, it's been such a blessing uh, to go into this and fully embrace it and, you know, welcome it for whatever it might be. You mentioned Mercury going in retrograde again. Like, is this a common thing? Like, I, I keep hearing it, like, every few months, it seems like Mercury. Well, usually, you know, I'm, I'm not so familiar with astrology. I do follow the Mercury retrograde just because my astrological chart makes me sensitive to it. Okay. Um, you know, so when whenever we have Mercury retro go into retrograde, um, it affects, you know, they say it affects electronics. Definitely, we experienced that earlier with the whole setting of the radios. But a lot of times this is when mail gets lost, when contracts should not be signed because things can go very wrong. It's like a flex um, it's field a, or something. Absolutely. It's a time to kind of sit back with yourself and look in retrospect, whatever has been happening. It's a great time to reconnect with old soulmates um, and heal any past karmic relationships mm. so that is a good time to do that so uh, you know there's a lot of also karmic uh, releasing that happens during the rec the retrograde um, just because we're it's going in retrograde it's kind of activating those cellular memory to come up and rise and recently in the past week or so I started seeing more people who are looking for doing karmic healings yeah, um, you like know a negative thing like it has this connotation to it yeah. like it's negative or something well, initially, you know, the frenzy of not having your phone work <laughs> yeah. or having your electronic work can definitely well, instill is, that fear. This is why I was mentioning it before the interview, like we got to talking about this. And the KS thing is like not many KSers are going to talk about astrology because they just simply don't believe in it because there's so much more science that's being taught in this right. of where you're located and where your consciousness is at with the higher selves and outside of this time matrix even, you know, so it gets very, very out there. So a lot of people in the group are kind of 
like that, like hesitant on reading the horoscopes or going too far into the paradigm, you know. And I've noticed it personally myself that I don't, I'm not aware of the full moons personally, unless somebody brings right. it up and then I'm like yanked into it, and then I'm in it too with them, you know. So it's like, it is like a you reality. Know, I think that I think that we create our own reality. Yes. Um, you know that is just true for the individual. That's why I say I honor so many different. You know, practice spirituality is so individualized. Um, I don't discredit people for feeling that they are connected to more to the planets and the stars than yeah. they are to, to you yeah. know, saying higher beings. Um, or or there's got to be a know. balance. That's the grounding thing too. You know, like I was saying in the group, that a lot of people need grounded in this group. That's just that, that's part of the notion of doing these interviews with non-KSers. You know, to kind of open up some of the the walls that we have inside this group. At some time. You know, we have to get into the practice of seeing beyond limitations, um, beyond self-perceived limitations. You know, and that's something that I, I, you know, embrace myself and I try to work with, but I realize and I'm grateful for the fact that I can remain grounded um, because I, I, I don't necessarily know that for me as the individual it would be helpful for me to always sit in my higher self if I'm trying to kind of raise children and still live somewhat of a regular life. Um, you know, so I, I embrace the whole grounding concept and, and being here and now. Um, that is, is that, my How is that for you, like shifting to your higher self and down here? Are you able to go deep into meditation and just be so expansive? I absolutely transcend often. So when I do my meditations, I do often, you know, if I do any, um, I find that when I do guided meditations, um, I'll do for a guided meditation that's probably an hour long. And I didn't realize after several times of doing the guided meditation that I was not falling asleep through the meditation, that I was mm. simply just transcending because at the end of the meditation, I would wake up right before the last line yeah. each single time. And then I realized, okay, I'm definitely projecting somewhere and, you know, bringing back that knowledge or, or vibration into here. That's that middle um, space, like right before you drift off and you just hold it and you're right there. Oh, it's body. beautiful. I embrace that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, but I feel that that is what is comfortable for me as the in, uh, and individually. Um, you know, I know some people who I treat with Reiki who say, I hate being grounded. There's no way in hell you're going to make me, they you know, stay grounded. Stuff. Yeah, they, you know, they're like, I can't, I can't stand humanity. You know, some of them come out very, very aggressive and say, I cannot stand the humanity, the, the you know, the, the pain, the suffering, mm. you know, and, and the hate. Um, and they, they really cannot stand being grounded here, and I understand and respect that. So they carry their crystals around to keep them in a higher vibration. Um, you know, so definitely w something that collectively, you know, we are one, you know, I see ourselves collectively as one thing working to improve and become more self-aware of how to do that. And I also, you know, appreciate the the groundedness that, that other beings are holding. Um, it's it's sacred space, you know, whether it's being in the higher dimension or being here in the 3D. Um, it's sacred space wherever you are. It's, I think it's the light and dark thing also, like humanity finding the balance along the way here. You know, some people need to be super grounded. Other people need to be floating up there. And they're all 
they're all part of it, you know, like we're all part of it. You that. know, it's, you know, I think the most important thing is that even as we continue um, evolving our consciousness, um, one of the most important things is that, you know, humanity is going to come to a, a time and place where we just have to become aware of the spiritual realities lying beyond, you know, the outer world of physical appearances. Um, only because I feel like that is the only way that we're going to help ourselves as the individual to, you know, connect to something greater, um, to give ourselves that that confidence that, you know, we're not alone in this and that we are um, we are being supported by the universe. Tuning into the subtle energies, too. Absolutely. You, you mentioned astral projection. Are you able to actually do this, like, consciously? go into meditation and project an energy body, astral body? So, you know, I've only had the experience about two or three times. I have to tell you, the first time was so frightening for me. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was very frightening feeling a sense of not, not knowing how to get back into my body. No control. Um, right. That, that was my first experience. And then kind of, you know, feeling the outer body experience um, and a second time where I felt partially out of my body um, and I kind of felt that I had stopped somewhere here around the higher heart chakra um, and it was kind of floating above my body and this was, you know, right before going to sleep. Um, and I could, I could physically see myself um, and kind of realizing I didn't want to go further um, and I didn't feel comfortable completely, fully projecting myself beyond my physical body and kind of coming back in very comfortably. So I think gradually I'm getting into a place where, you know, I want to be able to be more in, in more active in projecting, astral projecting. Um, but I, I think I have to gently work myself there. Um, I think I... Do you see Sorry. everything as like the same world as it is here? Like that you... Whenever you're in astral, is it like a just like a mirror image of like the room and the, even the town? No, and stuff? For, is it you know, for me, it, it changes. It, it really does because I feel like um, it's almost waking up into a dimension that can morph very quickly into something entirely different than when you're physically okay. um, perceiving if that makes any sense. It's like it has the ability to morph into whatever you project at that moment. Okay. Yeah, they say um, it is like the thought thought realm, like your manifestation. Oh, absolutely. It is, um, but it, there, there is definitely a sense of, of uh, still having uh, a sense of awareness of the physical, the complete physical, um, realm and then also the astral realm and there's like there's definitely a channel um, that you kind of feel like you're going into if you start to more go into the astral projection so for me I've kind of peeked into there I'm not sure yet if I want to wander in there um, so I'm trying to work myself into that place Right. Have you had any experiences yourself, Chris, with it? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had any when you were younger, because that's when all of mine occurred, just on a regular basis, was when I was a little boy. And I, I got to be like a pro at it then, like when I was little, I just like would consciously look at my body and go right through the window. I'd poke my hand through the window and just be able to go right through it and fly around my, the town and stuff. 
my son is actually he's very vocal about that you know he he says mom I was out of my body last night all the time yeah. um, you know he feels very comfortable with it for him it's not frightening I think that I'm still working on um, you know that phase that I went through last year with all the traumatic dreams and feeling at a place where I right. can feel comfortable going into that astral dimension you're just starting um, at, right like at my so. pace yeah and I've lost it since then. I haven't been able to, to like do it at will. There was just like this brief window. I remember in my childhood, <coughs> able to do that. Have you, you know? Here again, that? it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. to jump in, you know, for myself, and I'm kind of coming from the common man, the simple guy. You know, maybe he sort of says, "Hey, I'm something spiritually is going on." And my experiences are, well, I guess you could say far and few between in a sense, but you remember certain things from either past lives or someone tells you something or something like one of my, one person that channels Ty and, and Melchizedek. Is it my, really my first kind of reading, she goes, you, you're from five universes away and you're here to gather information. Okay, I'll take that one and chew on it a little bit, right? <laughs> so the idea of being open, you mentioned the imagination. Right. And, um, you know, for myself, you know, I kind of have this little co simple, simple cosmology. It kind of works like this. It says we live in the realm of ideas. And the ideas are fertilized or, no, excuse me, the ideas are there for the picking because every idea that exists in the universe is already there, right? And like flowers, we just have to go kind of pluck them, but we have to walk through that forest a little bit and find those flowers. So if we live in the realm of ideas, the imagination is kind of like the, the fabric or the water uh, that we swim in. You know? And so our imagination, I try, to, I try to stimulate my imagination so that I'm open to all ideas, and I release judgment about those ideas. And, and then when you do that, you're kind of like, wow, you know, instead of saying, oh, it's a UFO, that's fake, never mind. Right. But, you know, you got to be open to the possibilities of all things. That's what it says in the Bible. And with God, all things are possible, right? Absolutely. So then you have the, the realm of ideas, and then you sort of go, okay, um, imagination then you have your ability to think about those ideas and feel the ideas, and, and imagination takes you wherever you want to go. So therefore, from that point, I sort of go, okay, what do I want to cultivate? What seeds in my imagination do I want to cultivate? Am I from five universes away? Oh, let's ponder that one. What if I am? Hmm, maybe I'm the warrior on the planet, and there's a bunch of higher soul shards up there that are sort of going, hey, get going up there, hey. We'll find something new, you know, or whatever. And so you play with, I like to play. I'm very playful. And that's sort of a, a thing that is sort of my expression. And, I, think, uh, I think that that is such a beautiful um, thing to kind of share. Too often when we're doing this kind of spiritual work, we forget to have fun with it. You know, we forget to recognize that humor is such an integral part of you know nurturing the 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 soul um, and we get too caught up in in 
you know, our, our beliefs and projecting and, and, you know, trying to make, you know, sometimes people see what we're seeing uh, with such conviction that we forget to lighten up every once in a while and graciously um, embrace the the fun part of spirituality. You know, I love coming into a reading with someone who is, you know, with the crazy aunt who passed away and loves making jokes. Um, you know, like that's the that's the beauty of it. That you know, we we have to come to a place where we release judgment. Um, and why not embrace every every thought if if it resonates at some point with you? If it doesn't resonate with you, then then that's fine too. Um, but to see the love and light um, that unites us all as one soul, um, and then honoring each individual's imagination uh, brings into to into play, you know, in nurturing the the humorous side of of spirituality. Um, you know, the power of co-creation. That's really what we are. We're co-creators. Um, and, and becoming aware of the, the, the ability to co-create, um, you know, empowers the individual to, to say, well, why don't I create something more fun and happy that brings laughter into people's lives? So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. That, Great idea. Have you had any astral experiences yourself, Jimmy? You were able to leave the body or anything like that? Yeah, you know, that's what I was the, I was saying. The messages for me are far and few between, so I have a few vivid things yeah. that are kind of fun. You know, one time I was, you know, you kind of, you know what's interesting? When you are out of body, you know where you are, right? Yes. Like, you know true. you're, we like, don't know this you know you're in Wisconsin or you know you're, somewhere and I was over in the southwestern part of Wisconsin which is this driftless zone there's no glaciation and all and it was just a frig fragment dream and I was like I was like I'm gonna fly and I was like you know I'm gonna fly and all of a sudden <laughs> I was like Superman and I looked down and there's a little boy up there looking at me going hey and there I went so that was the dream right yeah. and then the other ones are um I have a funny, really funny um, E.T. story that I'll share. Kind of one of the far and few between ones, but my friend who, um, she, we were looking at the clouds, and up in Alaska we have all these big flying saucer clouds. They're like, they look like disks literally stacked up upon each other. You can Google flying saucer clouds. And she goes, we're looking up at them and going, hey, yeah, I said, have you ever been on a UFO or something or on a spaceship or something? She says, yeah. I said, says, no problem, yeah. Well, I go, how do you go up there? Mm -hmm. You just ask. <laughs> and so, like, you know, so I, I'm laying in my bed, and I go, okay, let's go on the UFO thing, you know. Well, that night, all of a sudden, I'm in San Mateo, California, and I'm, like, looking around kind of in a forest. It was kind of dark. And then this hula hoop starts coming towards me, like spinning hula hoop, glowing hula hoop, a sphere, and the sphere enveloped me, it was only, it wasn't very big, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 20 feet, and then it started going up, and I woke up out of that dream going, <laughs> and got the heck out of there, be careful what you ask for, <laughs> be careful what you ask for, exactly, one thing before I wanted to share real quick was, ask for benevolence, that's the word. 
And I, when I go to sleep, I go, only benevolent beings are with me right. when I sleep. But, you, know, it, you know, that comes back to play. You know, I believe a lot in the law of attraction and uh, positive uh, mental attitude. Um, and with a lot of that comes the positive affirmations. You know, you have to recognize that words themselves are very powerful. Um, so, you know, you need to be mindful of what, what you're projecting as far as what you want your reality to be. Um, you know, I'm in the practice of waking up in the morning and saying today, you know, I am a divine light filled with unconditional love and fully supported by the universe. Um, I'm, a, I'm a miraculous being living in a miraculous world. Um, those are some of my mantras, but, you know, I think positive affirmations are such a crucial part of spiritual development um, and, and, and welcoming in that benevolence into your everyday life. I think kids help you with your vocabulary, too, a lot. <laughs> they <laughs> sure do. I became a lot more mindful of young kids uh, and grounding. Yeah, yeah they, they sure do. You know, one yeah. of the most interesting um, conversations with my, my son um, one day I, you know, I, I, this was early on in my spiritual awakening. I was still kind of into scriptures and I would read scripture out loud every once in a, then, once in a while. Um, and he said, mom, you know what? We never die. And it was such a strange thing to hear coming out of a three-year-old's mouth. Mm. Um, you know, and I, and I wanted him to kind of elaborate on it. And I said, what do you mean yeah. we, we don't die? And he said, well, you know, I picked this body. I'm in this ground body. And those were his exact words, and it was just so fascinating for me, you know, that he had that level of awareness, um, you know, and, you know, I, I didn't want to do what most moms do and say, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about, or no, that, you know, that's just your imagination. Um, I totally, you know, wanted him to be in tune with his higher self and the concept of him um, feeling that he was something separate from his physical body. Um, so, know, you know, does he know what you do and everything? Like the media Oh, they do. They love it. They, they really, you know, it's really been a blessing for all of us. Um, when, when my son was starting going to preschool, he had such a separation anxiety, uh, you know, that he would actually, we would have to have a matching crystal. Um, so I would carry one in my pocket and he would keep one for the day. Um, and he would not stay in, in preschool unless the crystals were there. And the teachers were aware of it, you know, and they respected it, um, which I was very appreciative of, uh, you know. But he's, he's, he's moved away from needing crystals now in kindergarten, and he's much more independent. But, you know, for him, he was always very, very spiritually in tune. And um, I think he recognized, um, I, I almost say, you know, and I say this again, um, that he was kind of also helping me through my my spiritual growth um, as far as reassuring me when I had kind of these ideas and he would chime in and give that affirmation. It was kind of like I could tell Source was using uh, him as a, also a medium mm -hmm. for me. What You know, he wasn't aware that he was mediating, but he was saying exactly what I needed to hear to continue on my path. Right. They do that. They absolutely do. Well, we're coming up right on two hours here. I kind of wanted to wrap it up with your current uh, current activities and what you're doing, the shamanic studying, the mesa yes. clearing, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so I'm a new Mesa carrier, and it's been so you know such a beautiful gift. Um, and the the type of uh, shamanic kind of studying that I've been doing is based out of Peruvian uh, um, kind of indigenous practice, um, where you open up sacred space with a mantle known as the Mesa, and it serves as a representation of the fabric of the universe. Um, and if you can envision um, a a sacred cloth being laid out on the on the ground, um, and then it having a dimension that comes up above it, and then one that goes down into the ground below it, um, then you would have these three dimensions of where you have the higher dimension, then you have the physical materialization of of creation itself, and then you have the lower. Uh, the lower manifestation, which is more of that primordial dark matter um, and and thought projection. Um, so, you know, the Mesa, as a Mesa carrier, uh, we hold sacred space where we combine the elements of the earth, um, you know, into a, into a creating a vortex or a channel for channeling all of the vibrations necessary for the healing of the planet or for the healing of the individual, or for healing in the lower realm, or healing in the higher realm. So you kind of become a medium or conduit for the entirety of creation itself. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, and I just completed that uh, two months ago. So right now, one of my, my goals is to bring my Mesa to different places, different countries, um, and that's probably what I'm going to be working on in the next uh, year or so, um, possibly more into the future. Uh, and most recently, I've been working on in, uh, helping women um, come into self-awareness and women empowerment through spiritual practices. So I'm collaborating with a few women and putting together these women's retreat, uh, Sun Lumination, um, and we're trying to really just empower individuals um, to connect to their spirituality, to embrace their divine feminine and, and, you know, release a little bit of that hold in the divine masculine where we're constantly being called forward to, you know, stand up for ourselves and serve with this strong kind of personality, um, bringing it back to a healthier balance where we can embrace our our feminine side and bring a healthy balance into ourselves and the people around us. So that's kind of where I'm at and of course I'm continuing to teach Reiki classes and I'm also doing some mediumship work. Um, it's just been a blessing and I still teach crystal workshops. Um, I love crystals. They're always around, you know, they're definitely always falling out of my pockets. Um, they, they're just a beautiful gift, you know, to carry around. I love giving them. Um, one of the greatest pleasures I've, I've found is, you know, as a healer, of course, you're always giving. But the more you give, the more you open up for receiving as well. And that's something that, you know, we all, I think, should always work on, opening to receiving. Um, and that's kind of where I am, really excited about everything. That's beautiful. I definitely Sweet. resonate with the, the need for the feminine balance thing. That's like... That's a really good calling right now in our country and everything. Yes, absolutely. You know, and me and and as a you know as a single mom, I feel myself too. Very often, I've always been in kind of that 
the more masculine uh, in charge, right. making sure everything's in order, but forgetting to come back and sit with my nurturing side. Yeah. It's really been great. Mother. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Is is the masculine more the left brain and the? It absolutely is. Yes, that's yeah. you're talking about left brain, right brain. So you right. know, there's that piece of also honoring your higher self through creation, um, and creation itself, creating whether it's art, music, you know, um, cooking. These are the kind of things, just everyday uh, activities, um, and finding your ability to connect to to your higher self and your spirit and your divine feminine through the daily activities of everyday life. Um, you know, so it's, it's really been a, a beautiful experience for me and I'm so happy to be sharing my experiences and knowledge and helping others find themselves. And I thank you, Chris, so much for, you know, offering the, for the interview. And Jimmy, thanks for Definitely. your participation. Yeah. You know, one thing also is maybe you can, if you wish, to tell people how they can reach you. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, I do have my Facebook page, Wendy Osoria. And I also have, uh, you can look me up through the Reiki Membership Association. Um, if you look up Reiki practitioners, I am listed there as well. Um, and then I have an email if anyone is interested. It's spiritvida, V-I-D-A, 7 at gmail.com. And I'm sure we can probably include that in, in, yes. the, in the link. Yeah. And Jimmy, do you mind leaving some of your project sites or email how we can contact you also? <clears throat> sure, it's um, Jimmy Satva on Facebook, J-I-M-M-Y-S-A-T-V-A. -A. Um, sometimes, I'm like the last week or in the, for the next week or so, I, pick, I don't do my feed or anything. I, I really just turn it off, you know. Um, and then um, Jimmy Satva at Gmail is an email uh, you can use, and uh, I don't have any websites as of yet, but Jimmy Sattva also has a little YouTube, and I have my crystal spinners on there. You can go take a look. <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> great. Wand, you were showing yeah. them. They're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So that's my that's my um, my hobby, and that is a gifting uh, thing. I'm all about gifting and working on some things related to benevolence, working on a little book called The Gifting Economy. So right now it's just a meme. So anyway. And uh, make it warm up up here in the last... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just welcoming spring here. Yeah. No snow or anything. We just got dumped on here in Denver, too. We've, <laughs> we're getting plenty of April showers, but that yeah. means hopefully we'll have a lot of May flowers. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm very impressed, Wendy. I think you have a tremendous uh, depth of experience and knowledge and wisdom, and you touched on so many, you know, so many key items, just, you know, law of attraction, and just, you got it going on, girl. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, any parting messages, like, for people just coming to their awakening that you might leave us with? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and this one comes from the heart. Um, don't shy away from the darkness. 
you know, um, bring forward confidence in your ability to get through any difficult moment. Um, my 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 biggest lesson for myself through my spirituality was not to isolate yourself. You know, don't run away. Uh, make sure that you have someone, at least one person, that you can help guide you through. Um, because sometimes it can it can be overwhelming. It definitely can be overwhelming in the beginning. Pace yourself. You don't have to rush through it. So always ask for discernment. Um, I think that's one of the key things uh, to focus on. Ask for discernment and also ask that the universe supports you in a healthy way to keep a healthy mind and spirit in the process. Um, just remember, the heart always has a mind of its own, and that's the one when you're not sure, that's where you want to go to. Ask your heart, and your heart will guide you. Follow your heart. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Jimmy, any parting words? No, just namaste to everyone. And the consciousness of this gathering is uh, continuing for those of you listening in the, uh, well, the future or the past. There is no time. And um, thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you both. <laughs>